there's magic in my eyes. I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Oh, yeah. If you think that I don't know about the little tricks you play, they just add another quality rusher. Um, to a mix of quality rushers. I think they got 22 sacks as a football team, but it's spread out over a wide variety of people, and you have to be prepared for that. And they just put put somebody else in the hopper that you have to be prepared for. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. And uh, welcome to the locker room, and we can see it for miles and miles, miles, because today is scouting report day, and uh, Wolf and I have been watching film. It's uh, schmutzy out, though, Chalucha. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, think yeah. you can see for miles and miles. I mean, you know, you know, frankly, if you look hard, you can see you know, down the parkway. You know, you um, Mike Tomlin was talking about the, uh, uh, the uh, number of sacks they have. They have uh, 22. Right. Uh, but uh, they, you know, uh, uh, Calais Campbell has four sacks. Uh, and, uh, you know, Matthew Judon has two sacks. And uh, Patrick Queen has two sacks. And uh, uh, Pernell McPhee has two sacks. Marlon Humphreys has two and a half sacks. Chuck Clark, safety, uh, sack and a half. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, safety, two and a half sacks two sacks, and Marcus Peters, one sack, uh, and uh, Anthony Levin, Levine, Levine, uh, two sacks. <laughs> you know, uh, so they they blitz. You know, Wink Martindale loves a blitz. Right. And he, uh, on th- uh, second and long and third and long, he lines them up. Uh, he lines up the two inside linebackers in the A-gaps, and then uh, he puts the uh, 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 DBs on the outside, and so you don't know who's coming. You have no idea who's yeah, coming. Yeah. But here's the beautiful thing about it: you have an ability this weekend to make them show their hand earlier, right, than normal. And we'll get into that later on. But the fact is, for Butsy to say these guys were aggressive, but these guys are more aggressive, right? That's unusual. You know, I mean, that's unusual from anybody who would say you're blitz more blitz happy. You are more aggressive than the Steelers are. But he said that. And Ben has come out and said, yeah, they come from everywhere. Right. You know, so that's the key in what we're talking about. You don't know who's coming. Right. They come from everywhere and they are highly aggressive. Yeah. And uh, they they stripped the ball. Marlon Humphreys has four forced fumbles. He, you know, he he. Uh, when he tackles, he uh, uh, you know strips the ball. He they're wants very to, ball aware. They yeah. practice good ball awareness yeah. and, and stripping techniques. You got twelve forced fumbles. He punches fumbles. the ball. Well, think about it. Twelve forced fumbles. They've recovered nine of them. Yeah, that's a lot of fumble recoveries in only six games. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, nine twenty-two forced fumbles. No, no sacks. No, you got twelve forced fumbles. 12 for yeah 12 forced fumbles yes. and nine fumble recoveries that's what i said yeah and right. 22 sacks yeah yeah and 22 sacks you were checking my math cuz you three. thought i added them up didn't uh, you yeah. yeah you did three. admit it three picks 
<laughs> Admit it. You thought I added them up. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm so bad mathematically. No. Um, yeah, they've had. Now, that, to me, this is this is surprising. Okay? Right. You look at three interceptions, and you're going, three interceptions? And, and all you got is, in, in they play with the lead a lot, right? Right, right. Only three interceptions, but you got 12 forced fumbles, nine recovered right, fumbles. Right, right. That's a lot of stripping the ball. That's a lot of being active and, and around the ball. Right, and uh, Marlon Humphreys uh, is the number one guy who strips the ball. He is something. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, uh, let's go to the defense. Calais Campbell, he's a dominant pass rusher. He's a dominant on run plays. He's got uh, four sacks, uh, 21 tackles. And, uh, you know, he's. Let's talk play- about the fact he's 6'8. Yeah. He's 300 pounds. He looks fabulous. He's in his 13th year. There's not a thing you can do to surprise him. Right. I mean, he's going to sniff out anything along the front end of that. That right. defense, right? Yeah. And the fact is, when he gets those those ginormous arms up in the air at six eight, right? That's a lot of windshield wiper action happening in front of the quarterback. Right. There. Right. So I look at that and Jaluch, I, I say, you know, you got you got you're going to have to really pay special attention to him. Right. You know, I mean, you, you on top of the the four sacks, he's got ten quarterback hits. Right. He's like thunder in there, man. And, uh, um, you know, he's a very dominant player. He was a dominant player when he was in Arizona. Right. He was a dominant player when he was in uh, uh, Jacksonville. Right. And now he's a dominant player. How much more do you think with Ngakwe coming? Oh, boy. Ooh. Ngakwe. It does make your blood kind of boil. By the way, well. Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, him too. Yeah. You know, Ngakwe. And, and I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those funny names. Ngakwe. Yeah, Ngak- Ngakwe. Okay, yeah. I think I got it. Yeah. I won't. Right. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna get muddied up. But here's the thing about it. Did you see in the uh, news down in Baltimore, they took out this ginormous billboard. Right. Okay. And it's a TV station. And it's got Ben laying on his back with a raven on top of him. And it says, in big letters, welcome back, Ben. <laughs> Because he missed both games down, you know, in last year. Yeah, and it's just like, "Welcome back, Ben." It's sort of like a little, uh, you know, slap in the face, a little intimidator type thing. Yeah. So I think I got to tell you this: I'm hoping that Ben or somebody in the, you know, Mac, you get a picture of that billboard and you just put a snapshot in every offensive lineman's, you know, their their booklet or on their tablet, yeah. or whatever, and insert the words. Well, let's give them their money's worth. Then. Right. <laughs> I love that. Because let me tell you something. If it was you and me, yeah. how honked would we be about that? Right. We used to take stuff like that because yeah. you can take that personally and you can say, it, it, okay. It takes it personally. Absolutely. Yeah. You and I would take that very personally. Now, right. I know that And Webby today, would take it personally. Webby would have taken it personally. John Cole would oh. take it personally. Yeah. Larry Brown would have oh. taken it personally. Yeah. All right? So you know... If I'm if I'm you know thinking this through, I'm thinking get that to your old line, get them to every member on the offense, have a little fun with it because you know what, at the end of the game you whip these guys and you say thanks, I I enjoyed my stay or something. Yeah. You just ah boom, I love it. Yeah, and uh, Brandon Williams is the defensive tackle. He's a load. 
Uh, he's hard to move. He takes up a lot of space, but he's not a dom. He's not as dominant as he once was. Does he look a little bit heftier to you? Right. Uh, you know, looking at him, they say he's three thirty-six. Right. Um, he's three fifty. <laughs> I would guess more along the lines of the uh, even upwards to three sixty. Right. You know, you remember Casey Hampton, and Hamp every year came in and weighed three twenty-five. You know, and you knew. I mean, you had a conversation. I, yeah, I, I you said, even heard his I, I feelings. Said, I said, I said, um, how much do you weigh, Case? <laughs> and he said, how much do you think I weigh? I said, three fifty. And he. And you were being kind. Yeah, yeah I know yeah, you were being. You're yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to offend him. Yeah, but... yeah uh, three fifty. And he goes, what? <laughs> I'm the best looking three fifty you ever seen. <laughs> and he looked hurt. Yeah. So when we say and and let me say this, Casey looked a lot better in his uni yeah. than does uh, the Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at him and go, okay, so yeah. There, I'll say that. Yeah. I'll say no more. Yeah, you know he he looks fat. And Derek Wolf, uh, he is six five two eighty five. He's right. a three technique, and uh, he's a penetrator. He doesn't look like I remember him in, in he, he doesn't look for, Denver. He, he doesn't look you know? at Denver. Um, of course, it's his ninth year. Anybody's going to slow down after, right. you know, in your ninth year in the trenches. But uh, I will say this. This is a very capable and hostile defensive front. And it's highlighted by the fact that it's not the guys up front necessarily that are making the plays other than Calais Campbell. Yeah. But it's the fact that they eat up people. They're good people eaters. Right. And they let the others be able to ball hawk, you know, get after it. And then Broderick Washington. Uh, he's 6'2", 305. Rook, you know, he is uh, not, uh, uh, not impressed. No, I didn't think he was impressive. I like that Justin Matabuike. Yeah. Um, he's how big is he? he he's look too six big. three, three hundred pounds. Okay. He's a he's also a rook. Okay, um, I look at at him and he seemed moved better. Yeah, than did uh, the the Broderick Washington. Yeah, but. and uh, Yannick in Gakwe is uh, playing the uh, left outside linebacker. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you think they're going to move him around? I mean. Look at the whole defense. Right. The whole right. defense kind of morphs and moves. You know, you see Purnell McPhee uh, outside. You see him lit on any of the five offensive linemen. You see him back off the ball. In the yeah. Middle. I mean, he's he's a stud. Oh, he is something. And him he, and Matthew Judon. Yeah, yeah. He's a big, uh, a big physical, good bull rush, moves around. Um, and uh, uh, Patrick Queen. He is a rookie. You're right. Yeah. He is a rookie. He, I, for some reason, I thought he was in his, I don't know, second year or yeah. something. He's a run and chase guy. He runs through. He's a good blitzer. Uh, LJ Fort and uh, Patrick Queen are the inside linebackers. Right. And uh, Patrick Judon, uh, or Matthew Judon, is uh, the right outside linebacker. He's a good pass rusher. He's good hands. But you'll see Power him all and over speed. Too. Yeah, tweener. He's a tweener. He's a tweener. Yeah. They, you know, they've really made an art of tweeners. Right. You know, they got a number of tweeners. And right. They use people who aren't, in, in my mind, like really tweeners, but they use them. Yeah. You know, as tweeners. And yeah. they, they, they do a good job. Yeah. Which shows you, what do I know? 
you know, but they they are still very impressive. Right. Yeah. They they you know, uh, they uh, Wink Martindale loves the blitz, and he loves to move guys around, and he you you don't know who's coming. No, I mean it's like Ty, how big is Tyus Bowser? Uh, Tyus Bowser is. Uh, uh, I missed him on my six three two forty two. Okay, he was over. In one of the last two films, Philly or Cincy, he was over the guards in pass rush situations. Right. I mean, he's what, 6'3", 250? Yeah. I mean. 242. Two, all right. Two, 242. And that you put him inside with his hand down. Yeah. It was like ridiculous. I'm going, really? But he he comes. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's, uh, he, he's quick. He's quick, uh, and he gets upfield, and he's uh, fast and explosive, and he's a tweener. He's another tweener, but I mean that's that's really small to put down in there, right? You know, I mean, if they if you can stuff the first move, you got him. Yeah, but it's that's the problem. If he gets that first move on you, it's like having a pistachio nut caught in your teeth. Yeah, yeah, you know, it gets wedged in there. That's the, a real problem. Do you ever have that? You know, you got to saw it out. And, no, 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 no. Okay, never mind. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back with more stuff. He's Wolf. I'm Touch. You're in a locker room. Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and we have a, a big guest. Uh, uh, our, big hitter. Yeah, big hitter. Big hitter. He takes care of business. <laughs> and uh, 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 he's a teammate of ours. And, uh, and we, we just we, love this guy. And we say just a great running back, and we love him, love him, love him. Uh, Merrill Hodge, welcome to the locker room, Merrill. <laughs> it's good to be back in the locker room with my good brothers. Uh, How are you, boys? You yeah. know what's fun is, and we've been getting, um, I guess it's kind of been dubbed the Legends series, which uh, for me it's like anytime they talk about Legends, I'm always going, well, you're minus one here. <laughs> but the fact is, uh, but here's here's the thing about it. The beauty is guys coming together years after you right. hung up your cleats, so to yeah. speak, and you have the memories and you have all the great stuff that went on, and it, it's a beautiful moment. Merrill, it's just really fun to talk to you each and every time. Well, boys, I sure appreciate it. And uh, my life <laughs> um, is impacted. I'm, I tell people all the time I'm a product of a lot of people. Um, and um, obviously you two are, are part of that process. Um, that's what's great about the, team, the game of life is uh, people that come into it, um, how they impact it, the, uh, the difference they make in it. And, you know, you talk about, you know, the, the uniqueness of football. Um, I know you guys could appreciate this. It, you know, it extends outside our locker room. I mean, locker rooms that you have, there's closeness with the, in the teams. Yeah. 
I'm just using this example. Dak Prescott, get, you know, got hurt this year. The way he got hurt, you know, everybody who's played the game feels for Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just there's a connection there because the the empathy and sympathy and the pain, you know, you feel that. Um, uh, in fact, I said something to Dak because I mean that's just how, you know, I just, you know, that's how the game is, you know, regardless right. of 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 where, who you're playing for. When you get hurt, that brings every player together, no matter what organization you're a part of. So, Merrill, um, you know, one of the things we uh, talk about is uh, the 89 playoff game of, uh, against the Denver Broncos when you had, uh, what did you have, 160 yards? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, uh, and uh, Dennis Smith kept going. We gotta stop Hogue. We gotta stop Hogue. And I was, and and, I, and it was a timeout. I was going. It's Hodge, you idiot. It's Hodge. Hodge Hogue. He's we were making him look like Jim Brown. Uh, you know what's funny? You know about that game in particular. Um, I, I don't know if you guys remember the um, touch we put in a play called Sixteen U. Right. It was it was the most I hated that play. We never ran in practice worth a dang. We were terrible at running it. I think I have a fifty yard or fifty three yard run in that game. Okay. That was sixteen U. I remember when the home was called it was like third and third and eight, right? We're on their ten yard line. We'd already had a penalty, it's backed us up. And we get I hear Bub call sixteen U. I'm like, Are you kidding me? I'm like, this is not gonna work. I mean, we're gonna go further back. <laughs> It's game over. Game over. It's done. <laughs> We're going to lose. Oh, my. I was 53 yards later. I was like, well, maybe. Yeah, that, the game was, that was a special game. I mean, obviously, um, I wish we'd have won it, obviously. Um, you know, that's a typical game of doing everything right. In the, well, I'm, I'm actually, that game is an example of, the only stat that matters in, in football, the only stat that is really significant and does give you to about a 90% degree of success of winning in the National Football League, and that's turnovers. Yeah. It's the only stat that matters. You know, it's the biggest stat. It's the most consistent stat. It's the most. It's the one stat I, that I know is relevant. The rest of them are just numbers. They're numbers to say something that mean nothing other than uh, they don't speak to the wins and losses like uh, like turnovers do. And we just had too many of them, unfortunately. No doubt about it. You know, one of the things I always remember about our time together was sometimes, remember in the huddle how you used to, you, sometimes Bubby would get all excited and he had that thick Cajun accent going on, and every now and then you had to translate for Bubby? <laughs> People don't know. Listen, I used to call a lot of plays and call a lot of timeouts. In the, in the, in Tell the, the truth now. You're telling the truth, brother. Exactly. I was like, I remember one time. I remember one time we got a line of scrimmage. This is, um, in uh, it was in Cincinnati. Actually, two two of the funniest things that ever happened. We were playing Cincinnati at night, and uh, we got in the huddle. We called the play. We go out the line of scrimmage, and they gave us something that we just we it was not going to work. When we I go, Bob, you need to call timeout. He's like, what? I go, you need to call timeout. <laughs> so he call, he, you know, he gives, he doesn't say timeout. You know, he gives up, but timeout. You know, throws his hands in the air, goes over sideline, comes back. And he said, hey, man, thanks a lot. He goes, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, so next, next, next series, right, we get up the line of scrimmage. We call the play. Uh, no, 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 take it back. He gets to play in the huddle. He walks in the huddle, and he doesn't say anything. He calls timeout again. He goes to the sideline, 
comes back in the huddle and he said, hey, uh, he was third and about 10 or 12, whatever. He goes, hey, they called the screen. No offense to you because they're going to throw it to me. It was going to be a screen play. Yeah. He goes, no offense to you, but I'd like to go down the field and get a first down here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds so bubby-ish. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is classy, man. He's the best. <laughs> so when we were playing in Philly, you got hit by Seth Joyner. And uh, something happened, uh, and uh, you you lifted up your uh, your jersey. That's and embarrassing. Said, and That's said, embarrassing. You didn't have to do that. To yeah. Him. <laughs> did I poop my pants? I said, yeah. Well, I'm going to say this: that actually, you know, when everybody goes, you know, figuratively, you got the crap knocked out of you. You know, now I can literally say that happened. Um, but if we want to back up. Um, Seth Joyner and I just had, he and I had battles and in, in, I'm not saying this happens no matter how long you play, as you guys know, right? Nobody wins every battle. Right. There's going to be times you can get your, your butt handed to you. That happened to me many, many times, <laughs> but in the scenario with me and Seth Joyner, I just always won the battles. The, the game before yeah. this, this game we're, we're talking to, I ran an option route. We're on the sideline and he come up to tackle me. And I used Chuck Noll, same foot, same shoulder, rising blow. I mean, I depleted him yeah. on his sideline. <laughs> on his sideline. And, you know, I get another about five, six yards anyway. Well, this same scenario happened in Philly. And I remember when I turned up Philly, I'm like, this is like deja vu. It can't happen again. <laughs> but I do. I strike him in the same manner. And uh, with the way I hit him, actually, I depleted him even more so. And I, as I'm running down the field, he regained balance. Anyway, he jumps on the pile at the end. Right. And I, I mean, I freaking lost it. Like, I'm not, I don't come out to start things. I don't talk trash, but yeah. I, man, my fuse is short. He jumps on the pile late or John me, man. I snapped. I remember Reggie White grabbed me and held me down. I, remember, I, I didn't know it was Reggie at the time. I was like, like who is on me? Man? Like, I'm <laughs> pinned to the ground. I'm like, I can't even get up. I get up and, you know, Reggie's like, I know, brother, let's be kind of, it's all right. I'm like, like all the way to the hall. Said Joyner's mouthing off. So we get in the huddle and it's third and long now. It was a draw play. And I remember Bob, uh, no, that would have been Neil. I think Neil, I can't remember who was our quarterback at the time, but they hand me the ball. And I'm telling you, it was like Katie bore the door. I mean, Reggie Brown's coming, Reggie White's coming. I mean, Jerome Brown's coming, Reggie Wright's coming, and Said Joyner's coming. And I'm thinking, okay, I ain't getting a yard. But I'm going, I'm not going down easy, right? I'm going to strike these two as hard as I can strike them. When I hit them, when I tell you this, that every, every, everything in my entire body just collapsed and gave way. <laughs> and I felt, I felt my britches fill up. And I'm like, oh, man. No. So I get to the sideline and I'm, I say, I was standing there and Tunch. I said, hey, Tunch. I go, look back at my pants. I go, I, I think I grabbed my pants. He goes, I go, could you look at that? And I, he, I, I trust does this little, like, you know, drive-by. He goes, no, you did. <laughs> Hang on. So I pull my shirt up, and I bend over. And he goes, oh, you cracked your pants. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what I was asking the first time. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I hate when that happens like personally. That. <laughs> and, and then the referee told you to tuck your yeah. Uh, yeah. jersey in, and you lifted it up, and he said, uh, Okay, okay, you don't have to chuck yeah. it in. That's not going to happen now. I'm going to find me because this is not going to happen. <laughs> oh, you know, the, the thing about it is those memories are so precious when you get older, even when it's 
having a bowel movement while you're on the field. The fact yeah, is, yeah, you know, the, the thing about it is that's that's what draws everybody to the game are the memories, really. I mean, yeah. when you come out, you just have all those great memories. And what is what is some it's of like, the who are some of the significant people that uh, kind of you you can point to along the way saying oh, they made a difference. You know what I mean? Well, but just say, I mean, Chuck Noll made a difference in my life. He's the greatest man I've ever met. Yeah, I mean, and right. I know you guys had your experiences. Right. Um, we could we could do a whole show. Actually, we could do weekly on Chuck Noll of great Absolutely. life. Absolutely. He, yep. he was a fabulous man, a terrific leader with great integrity. Uh, Walter Payton was a significant impact in my life. You, I like I can think of Joe Green stories, Donnie Shell stories, Mel Blunt stories. Um, you know, I you know we didn't play. For, I mean, play with Donnie, um, but. You know, not John um, or Rocky, but I mean, just because of how the impact they still have, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, um, in our on our environment. But I'll tell you this: um, actually, you two are significant in my life. Now, Wolf, I have a story <laughs> oh, about no. you that oh, no. is. It actually, it, it this is maybe one of the greatest experiences that happened in my life early on. Um, you're part. You're you're responsible for, it. Um, oh, no. and it was also a great learning curve for um, what really goes on in the National Football League and with veterans. And it also showed just how different the West is from the East, and how how really green and innocent I was. So this is my rookie year, and you can all attest to this that around October, when you have a, you're having all these football little um, midget football banquets. Um, you have committed to speak to that probably in the summertime because right. they've reached out to you, right? Well, I remember Pat Hanley came over to me after practice on Friday, and he said, hey, uh, Wolf, uh, he's got, got her to practice, and he can't go to this mid- speak at this midget banquet. <laughs> and then my first thought was like, I'm just wait a minute. I just got them practicing. I didn't see both hurt. I'm just going to I'm a rookie now. Keep my case. I've only been around for like a, a several months. But I didn't ask questions. I was just like, well, sure. And, you know, this back when you don't have a phone, you don't have GPS. Right. You know, they hand you directions, and you got to get there. So Pat Hanlon, who's one of the great PR directors of all time, as you guys know, he's the head guy of the Giants now. Yeah. So and he could talk to you doing everything, anything, anywhere. Okay, he, <laughs> yeah. he could do that. Too. So I, I gathered all the information really quickly because i got to go home, change, and drive. And i got about an hour drive ahead of me. Now, I start to drive home, and I start thinking about the message I can share. And I start thinking, gosh, dang, I, you know, I've been in Pittsburgh like five or six months, but I have not seen a midget anywhere. And I start thinking about the league they must be running. And I'm like, oh, you know, you got to have at least 11 midgets per team. If you want a reasonable team, you got to have, you know, five or six, you know, te- at least teams that make a, the, the league legitimate. I'm like – good for these guys to you know be playing football um i'm like i can imagine those little pads and um i just like good for them good for them to you know do so i i felt like i had a good message for them um because you know they were not going to let um something i mean they're not going to let their size um affect playing the game which i loved i was like you know that's what life is about anyway so i had this message all lined up i go driving up there <laughs> I can't find the place. Okay, it takes me forever. So I'm about a half hour late by the time I pull in. I pull in. I, I remember the lady was sitting at the like the receptionist out there at the right. table, you know, and she's like, 
I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm Meryl. Like, oh, my gosh, we're so excited. You're, you're here. She goes, they're, they're waiting for you. She whisked me in the room. I know I'm at the right place. There's a big banner in the back. Welcome, Craig Wolfley. Right? <laughs> so they got to the <laughs> They whisked me up on stage. I'm telling you, they introduced me. I stick a microphone in my, in my mouth and uh, my hand, and I'm like, I'm looking around, and I'm like, I, I see all these families and little kids running around. I go, there's no midgets anywhere. I'm like, and it hits me. I'm like, oh, man. In Idaho, we call that Little League football. I've never heard of a midget league in my life. It's the first time I've ever heard of uh, uh, I'm expecting to talk to a bunch of midgets about, and I'm like, little pads and, you know, good for And I'm like, I, I, now, I, I don't know what to say. So I, I tell them. I tell them the story. I'm like, I thought I was going to speak to midgets. <laughs> I, here's what happened. Here's what I was thinking. Oh, no. And I'm still, still to this day, I'll run into somebody at Giant Eagle, and it's usually a mom. And then they're standing next to this big, big, big kid, right? They're like, hey, do you remember when you came and spoke to? And I'm like, ah, oh, the midget. Like, yeah, that's the funniest thing we But I had this. I, oh, I've never heard midgets in my life unless it was a legitimate midget. Oh, God my me. goodness. Now you got to refer to them as little people. Now, come on. Well, I know. I, well, but when you hear midget football, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, wow, this is good. But I was like, good for I'm like, you know, you would think you would see one or two because, I mean, that's a, you know, to have a league, that's got to be a lot of them. But I was like, well, I was definitely, definitely incorrect. I've never heard that one. <laughs> no, no, I didn't hear that one. Oh, man. Craig Wolfley, because of Craig Wolfley, that whole thing happened. And I'm like, and he wasn't hurt. He just didn't want to go. Was that, that it? <laughs> you, you, you commit, and then it's late October, and you're like, oh, I'm being banged up. The store, I drive all that way. What's the, who's, what's the dumb rookie here? Go, go do it. Hey, no, I can only say what thirty-five some years or thirty years in 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 with the you know down the road. Thank you, Meryl. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I look like a complete fool with every. <laughs> I gave him, I gave him I did give him the midget speech on my presentation. I, I just guys, I, I had nothing else to say. I had nothing else. I was, I was just so taken back by all the little kids and family. What is this? Yeah. So, so Meryl, um, when you suffered your severe concussion in Chicago, what was going yeah. through your mind? Well, I got to tell you this, Tunch. I was uh, such a wreck. I mean, I went in. Uh, um, I went into cardiac arrest. I, a lot of people don't know. Yeah. That, on my second one, you know, I was in intensive care for. Explain the whole situation, Meryl. Just so that well, this some is one people. Thing that, yeah, yeah. This is one thing that's very misunderstood. Concussions didn't end my career. Um, improper care for head trauma ended my career. Mm. And that's a critical thing to understand, even to today's world, because really right now, football, sport in general, are the best and safest environment we have ever had in the history of sports with right. the protocols that are in place, with the equipment, with all the instruction, and action that should be applied to any type of head trauma in any sport. And for parents listening out there, the leading cause of head trauma in the entire country is tripping and falling. So it's not even sports. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so um, it's very good to know and educate yourself on, on proper care and how you treat it. 
Well, I had a concussion on Monday Night Football in Kansas City when I played with the Bears. My, my severity, my, here's the two signs of severity for head trauma, cognitive recall um, and stability. Well, my cognitive recall was some 12 hours delayed. I mean, meaning in 12 hours, they could come to me and they could tell me a few things, come back a little bit later, and I wouldn't even remember talking to them. Okay, that's severe. When you're almost 12 to 24 hours later like that. Now, I get cleared to play over the phone five days later. Mm. Now, the Bears at that time didn't have the expertise, and they were not in a situation like the Steelers where you have Joe Maroon your head neuro guy, um, doing cognitive testing. That wasn't happening in Chicago. And um, that type of care, even in 1994, was considered archaic. Right. You didn't get cleared over the phone. You at least got an evaluation. But that, that kind of showed you how each team, every all these teams were really individualized in that particular injury and, and the lack of true massive education and information. That being said, I get cleared over the phone. I'm playing five days later, and I still had I still had a headache. There's a lot of symptoms I had. However, I didn't know they were symptoms. You've got to remember what's happening in 1994. We're in 2020. So I take another hit, very similar. Um, and actually, they're fixing my face mask, uh, repairing that because it had been bent. And I guess they were talking to me, and I just wasn't responding. And that's when they were like, "Oh, we got to take them." So they took me to the locker room. I remember, I think it was Vincey Glenn. If I'm ah, not Vincey Glenn, uh, but it was a linebacker that, who actually played with us in Pittsburgh. He was in, in Chicago at the time. He came from Dallas. I remember he was in there with a bad ankle. And I, mm-hmm. the only thing I remember, he asked me, he goes, how are you feeling? Cause you, oh, no, he said, you okay? And I remember like my eyes were fluttering. I could feel them fluttering. Uh, and that's the last thing I remember. Um, wow. So I went into cardiac arrest. They were trying to resuscitate me. They said I actually got up and walked to the ambulance. Yeah. But I don't remember mm-hmm. any of that. I was intensive care for a couple of days, but then I went through a lot of, well, serious depression, um, uh, and just a whole host of things that were arduous with the recovery of the severity of the concussions that I'd had back to back. And um, back then, they didn't have a treatment, a way to repair and help you recover physically and cognitively, which they do now, which is another thing people need to understand. Though there is treatments for this. Some of the best in the entire world is at UPMC, Mickey Collins. Yeah. Some of the best. You know, and we have it throughout the country, but good care and treatment for it and ways to recover and repair yourself so that you can return back to your environment safe. And I use environment because that could be in your home, slipping in the shower, your backyard, not, not just sport where's where it happens but there's treatments for it and uh, but it took me you know i remember joe maroon he i went back to see him and he once they um they did my baseline test again because i'd been doing cognitive testing in pittsburgh that's why i chose to go back there because they weren't doing it in chicago so i could be reevaluated and i remember when they retired me and it said that i couldn't come back and play which actually today i could probably could have with the treatments that they wow. hey Merle, they me- told me Two years. They told him, they gave me a two-year window. He goes, we'll see what you like in two years, how you recover. So um, we was a long battle. Let me let me ask you this: Can you hang on through a break? And can we bring? Sure, can we do the next do the next segment too? Yep. Okay. Uh, well, it'll only be like three minutes, but yeah. Well, we there's so just the bills okay. Thanks. We'll go to break, and, and we'll be right back with Merrill because. You're, you're just too good, brother. We love you. Right. <laughs> you wrote a book, and it was great. Uh, so what are you doing now? Are you promoting that book, or uh, what are you doing now? Yeah, well, Tunch and Wolf, I, uh, I actually, my, my real passion is motivational and inspirational speaking. I, I, I do about 35, 45 a year throughout the country. I'm just I'm 
I absolutely love that. You know, you mentioned the book, Find a Way. That really the foundation of my message is off of. I just did the second edition. I just launched that um, here a few months ago. And before that, it was Brainwashed, which was about really what science says, what the true science is about head trauma protocols and care. And I'm also building an app, ironically, that um, will help really sports, but really focus, too, on families with head trauma protocol and lead you to care. So a combination of mm. um, guidance, guidance with, with if it happens and leading you to care and helping you through the treatment process. So um, working with that right now, and, and I do some stuff for the Steelers on their social platforms, which I just, I love. And um, I created a way to play program for the NFL that we launched a few years ago. And I'm actively a part of that where we recognize a player every week about how well they're playing the game because 99.9% of them play the game at a high level and a good level. There's an occasional bad play here and there, and that kind of gets focused on versus um, the 99 percentile that these uh, players are doing it well. You know, when I launch uh, you on Steelers.com, one of the things I love is when you break down with film work. You're, you're, it's so good, and last week – what you talked about, about eliminating Derrick Henry from the running game, was spot on, bud. You know, And you see this game coming up. What's your quick thoughts on that? we got about three minutes left or so. Um, yeah. What do you see with the Ravens? Well, I'll I, I tell you this. I, uh, when I look at teams, see teams win championships. You know, I always hear people, oh, offense, defense wins championships. Like, I've never seen a Super Bowl where the defense plays the whole time. Never seen it. Never seen an offense play the whole game. Mm-hmm. Teams win championships, and the more phases that you have to your team, and especially offensive, defense, and special teams, the better you're going to be. Now, when I look at the team, there's where I think the Steelers have the advantage. They have more phases to their offense. When you look at the Ravens, the one area you must neutralize is their quarterback, right. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. And not just when he, um, not just from, from from escaping the pocket when he's passing, throwing the football, but their actual designed runs. And the Steelers did the best job against them in a tight game, aside from maybe the Titans they, um, in the playoffs, of defending Lamar Jackson, um, not allowing him. And here's the most dangerous thing as you watch this game. If you give him an escape route vertically right away, it's going to be trouble. There's a serious chance of danger there of him hitting his head on the goalpost. But if you push him <laughs> laterally, if you can push him laterally initially and force him to stay lateral, you have a chance. And that's what they did last time. They were extremely disciplined. And when I say disciplined, you know, everybody's got to be disciplined. But the thing that the Steelers did really well and the teams that have played him well and not got exposed, they see the handoff happen. Because they do a lot of ball action and ball mm-hmm. handling. And you can get ahead of yourself and react to something that didn't happen. You know, like a reverse movement or the back getting if you see the handoff then you react you're going to have a better chance of being successful because it's going to keep you in position of where you need to be because you got 10 other guys to help you based on where your position is and the Steelers did that great you know the first week um last year i think week five yes they, they were just terrific yes. at handling that and i expect that so that's a big part of you know them winning this and their their offense is so versatile and very complex with in the passing game and running game that when you have those different options, you have a much better way of attacking a defense, and that's why I think they they have the real advantages with the way they can move the ball with so many different ways offensively versus what the Ravens have at their disposal as far as phases and their their running game phase is incredible, but their passing game is 
is not really um, to the phase level you probably need when you face teams that are this close to you. Hey, Amaro, do you remember when I came to Chicago and we had dinner, uh, uh, the, the Monday night game between this, uh, the Packers and the Bears? Tunch, I don't. You don't? I, I swear to you, I do. I'm like, I am. You know, there's a lot of win- a lot of stuff in that window I don't remember. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm like, and that when you I heard you saying it on the on there, I was like racking my brain. I'm like, holy cow! Because there was a window after one of my career. There was months there. Yeah, I I, I didn't recall, and it's still hard for me to recall um, things that happened then. But I I did not remember that when you said that. I was like, how could I forget that? We we had a great time. <laughs> well, somebody did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. I was. I'm sure I had a great time too. I just don't remember having a great time. Let me, let me ask you oh this: Did did do Dunch? Did he pick up the check? Is that? <laughs> yeah, that's the. Video. That's probably what he, he did. He picked up the yeah. check. Yeah. He took you out and had you pick up the check. <laughs> uh, you couldn't remember. Well, I, you know what? Then I, I owed it to you because Dunch, you are you are one of the great teammates of all time. I tell people really quick story. I don't know. If, a lot of people know about Reggie White. Yeah. We're down to and a I minute, buddy. I'll make this quick. I, I talk to players all around the league. Okay, this is not just isolated to Pittsburgh and, you know, or homers, and we saw it. Okay, nobody has ever seen Reggie Wyatt get stunned. I mean, literally staggered off of a off of pressure like Tunch could with, mm-hmm. with his punch. He hit, he hit Reggie Wyatt, and I saw Reggie Wyatt buckle, I mean, and just about collapse. I am, I'm telling you, nobody has ever did that to Reggie Wyatt. Nobody. Absolutely. I can tell you how many players when I talk to him about it, I like Tony. That dude could strike you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and when he did that to Reggie White, that was just legendary status, my good brother. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks, uh, Merrill. We love you, buddy. Thank, Thank you, you so you much, guys. man. Thank you're you just so awesome. Much. God bless you, bro. And take care. All right. Uh, we'll have you back again. Absolutely. All we'll right. be back with more. Yeah. After this. After this. <laughs> Punchin' Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunchin' Wolf. So we're back. All right, subscribe to Sirius XM's best package. All access and get your first six months for, uh, for 50 bucks. Fees and taxes apply. So you offer details at SiriusXM.com slash scouting. 
So that's Bruce Gradkowski. Yeah, I had sponsor. to get the read. You know, the thing about it is, you know, I'm sitting there going, I'm jamming the glory days. You just kind of like just enjoying yourself. And then yeah. all of a sudden yeah. you realize I got to do the read. Oh, no. Yeah. So I was like frantically trying to find it. So welcome to the locker room, Bruce. How you doing, bro? Man, guys, I'm doing great. It's always a great Friday coming on with you guys, hearing a little of the boss. You little boss. Yeah. Especially, how about me? I'm like trying to find the read. You got to do the read because this is professional. Yeah. For the sake of journalistic (laughs) integrity, you got to get the reads done. You are (laughs) semi-professional. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what? Semi-pro means semi-pay. That's (laughs) as the great Toby Keith once sang. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Big division game, the Ravens. I mean, this is this is what you're talking. This is what this is what you play for. Yes, right. You know, and, and for both these teams to be in this position, six and zero Steelers, five and one Ravens. Uh, there's nothing better. Yeah, no question about it. Do you think, Bruce? Is it still two trains, one track? Back in the day, you remember? I mean, the the, the severe yeah. physical punishing rivalry that the Ravens were, or is it uh, a little bit lighter? kind of based on new infused blood and different rules and so forth? Look, I think it's definitely different. I, I think it's still physical matchup. It's a big AFC North game. Uh, really good head coaches in Tomlin and Harbaugh that coach their guys well, coach them hard, and demand a lot from them. So their teams are going to play hard. It's always been a clean game. There's not like a lot of extra issues you got to worry about. Now, I know in the past with Heinz Ward and, and some of the, you know, crackback blocks, right. but that's on the football field. That's in between the lines, you know? And right. So I think the game, though, has settled down a sense. I think it's a, a huge rivalry. It is a rivalry in the division. In the division. But I also think, too, like, um, you know, like when, when Ben kind of, you know, he talked about the physical game and being a four-quarter game, it is. But I also, like, I expect the Steelers um, to, to whoop up on them. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's my expectations. Like, I, I know the Ravens are good defensively. They're number one scoring defense. They blitz a ton. 143 blitz right. is number one in our PFF data. Like, so I get all that. But I'm also like, come on, man. Like, this Steelers defense, they do a good job against the run. Um, you know, limit to Lamar Jackson throwing the football, eliminate the explosive plays in the passing game, and, and you're going to be okay. You know, I, I really think the Steelers can handle this. You know, um, uh, Brucey, I, I, you know, I was going to ask you as a quarterback, do you think Lamar Jackson is uh, uh, living on borrowed time because uh, you know? Uh, quarterbacks get hit and they get hurt, but uh, do you think he's going to get hurt? You know, I mean, the way he runs, I mean, he's phenomenal how athletic he is and the way he moves and the quick twitch he has. So he's been doing a good job of when those major hits come, boom, he hits the ground, he slides, he ducks out of bounds. I mean, that's the stuff you have to do. Um, But, you know, the wear and tear on the body. You know, I remember when I was with the Raiders, like I wasn't a heavy run quarterback, but I ran. I was athletic enough. So a third down and five, we'd run the read, you know, option, the read Mm -hmm. uh, option in the inside zone, or I pulled it based on what the defense ended. And I would keep it. And I remember going shoulder to shoulder with Bernard Pollard. And that's when I, you know, separated my right shoulder. And I think back to that, I'm like, why was I – doing that like just hit the ground you know don't take that risk because now i'm out for how many weeks so i think lamar jackson's been playing smart in that sense 
But some of those hits, hits do come, like the one last night to Teddy Bridgewater, you know, where he's kind of coming down and boom, the shot right when he's already on the ground. Right. It's tough. So you always take those chances when you are an athletic running quarterback. Uh, but I think Lamar Jackson has been playing pretty smart in that sense, and he has to. And also, man, he, he's so quick and elusive that it's hard to get a solid shot on him. Absolutely. Now, here's the other thing. I mean, what, there's you look at his quarterback rating, that's down. You look at his completion percentage, that's down. You look at his ability, you know, the, a lot of people in, in uh, Baltimore are talking he, outside the numbers. He's not doing so well throwing the ball outside the numbers. And he's already been sacked 15 times in six games when he was sacked 23 times all of last year. It just seems like there's something going on with him that uh, I'm quite not quite sure what exactly it is. Yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago, I remember grading his game, and I was thinking to myself, he's trying to force it. You know, he's trying to force the issue. And sometimes these young quarterbacks, especially having the success he has had already, you feel like you have to do more. Mm. And at times, no. You, sometimes you do less. You operate. You just execute the offense, the play Ooh, that's That's called. a good point. And, yeah. And then your, then your splash plays come. You know, naturally that stuff comes as you're – kind of doing what you do and executing the offense. So a few weeks ago, I just saw too many errant throws, too many, you know, trying to squeeze things in, and it wasn't him. So I expect him coming off the bye week, they've had a lot of preparation for the Steelers, that he should play more of a solid game. Um, But, you know, at the same time, too, you just have to try to bottle him up. You know, not let the running game, not even the running game, guys, but, like, when a quarterback drops back to pass, and and then he finds the running lane. That's what the Steelers have to be good at. They got to be sitting in their lanes when they blitz, uh, when they're rushing the quarterback, and not let him escape that way. You know, um, he the the tight ends. Mark Andrews has five touchdowns, and Nick Boyle has two touchdowns, and the wide receivers uh, don't have many. Uh, so uh, you know, he's uh, focusing on tight ends with seven touchdowns. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's just like the Heath Miller Big Ben days, right? Like that that tight end is your security blanket. And I feel like that's what Mark Andrews is for yeah. Lamar Jackson. I mean, and that's what the Steelers have to watch, that play action pass, those seams, the deep crosses, and, and in the red zone. So, uh, but that is, man, that, that tight end, that's our security blanket. We love those guys. Bruce, I'm going to go back to the fact that uh, Keith Butler made a statement I, I just found just kind of amazing because you don't often hear a defensive coordinator say, yeah, we're pretty aggressive, but they're even more aggressive. And he talks about the blitz that the Ravens <laughs> yeah. bring, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, I look at Ben, and Ben's been pretty successful against the blitzes thus far, and even to the point where I think the pro football focus has rated him like, uh, I don't know, fourth under pressure, you know, yeah. in facing the blitz. Uh, yeah. So talk about that a little bit, would you? Well, I'll tell you what, you're right, guys, you know, with the uh, the Ravens and how much they blitz. But Ben does shred the defense because when you blitz, you're leaving holes in the zone. You're, right. you're allowing a quarterback that's athletic and a big guy to maneuver off some tackles and, and get away from sacks and now extend plays. And it's back to that rushing lanes. You know, if, mm. if guys aren't filling the rushing lanes on the blitz, and you leave a gap, I mean, and now Ben can escape and make a throw on the run, that's when he's the most dangerous. So I actually expect the Ravens not to blitz as much, 
and mix up just zone coverages and then let try to let Ben work through that way. You know, hmm. uh, I, I don't know, uh, um, uh, Brucey, uh, how, how valuable is going not, uh, no huddle against the Ravens? Um, I think it's always valuable in a sense of, you know, I think that's what Ben's comfortable with. He enjoys it. It, it changes up the tempo. And also right. when you're in no huddle, it doesn't give the defense coordinator enough time to design and call up his blitzes that he wants. So a lot of times you're in more of a, a basic scheme or package because you want to make sure the guys get the right call, the appropriate call and everything like that. So um, I, I'd expect, you know, some no huddle. I mean, that would be a good way to go if you're the Steelers because you could also eliminate some of the blitzes. Bruce, let me ask you about this. Um, one of the things, I, the, the thoughts that can't cross my mind was the fact that you're normally you go to Baltimore, it's a raucous, loud stadium. Well, it's not. You've really taken away a lot of stuff that the Ravens can do because, you know, you, you get up there amongst the line of scrimmage and there have got six people in the double-A gaps and everything else, and you don't know who's coming and that sort of thing. But Ben can hard count these guys right. and do a couple of things. With the hard count, he might draw one of the knuckleheads across. Right. And, two, he's going to make them show yeah, what they're disguising uh, at those opportune moments to try to draw them out quicker. Would you not say so? Were you there, Bruce? We oh, lost dear. him. So, you know. Uh, it, That's it, interesting what yeah, Bruce was talking yeah, about, yeah, though. Yeah, but, uh, you know, squeeze. Uh, you got to squeeze uh, the inside guys. Right. You can't let the inside guys go. No. Uh, you can't let Philly, Calais Philly Campbell let, go. Philly let Calais Campbell go. Oh, it was unbelievable. Cincinnati did, too. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't see the – I don't remember the, uh, the Philly one. But Cincinnati, I could not believe when he was out over in the gap, the three technique on the guard in the tackle – and they picked up Marlon Humphrey, two guys. They had wall left, if you can imagine this, yeah. wall left, and they max proed with the tight end, Keep kept him in, and both the tackle and the tight end. All right. Okay, come on back. Uh, Are so you there, I Bruce? I need to hang up on you. Oh, yeah. Way to go. Let, so, me, let me ask him. I want to ask you this because with an empty stadium, M&T Bank is normally so loud, but the fact is without the, the crowd there – they can Ben can hard count these guys, maybe draw one of the knuckleheads off, as I said before, and make them show their hand before sooner than they'd want to. What do you think? Well, guys, that's why I hung up on you. That's <laughs> silence. The silence is a killer, right? Like, that was great. Hey, applause to you, that, my brother. That was just a nice comeback. That was so that was so funny, Bruce. That was great. And that, hey, that's that's what it's going to sound sound like in the stadium to the Steelers. You know, Big Ben playing all those years in Baltimore, and you know, hearing the crowd and the noise, and worry about the snap count, and the silent count, and all that. Now you don't have to worry about that. Now you go out and play. It's going to feel like a practice game. Now that also could be a bad thing because usually your juices get flowing, your energy's right. Uh, you know, when you feel that that energy in the stadium, especially in a away game. Uh, but I think it'll help the Steelers because you're not worried about going on a different snap count. The communication is going to be clear and concise. Uh, so I think that's a, a positive thing for the Steelers. Hey, uh, uh, Bruce, uh, when you were playing, what was the most intimidating by crowd noise stadium that you ever played in? Man, I'd have to say Seattle. 
I remember going out to Seattle, and I was just backing up Jeff Garcia at the time when we were in Tampa Bay. I remember thinking to myself, I can't even hear myself think right now. Wow, yeah. Like, hearing the plays come in from John Gruden in our headset, you like you kind of had to close your eyes and really focus in on what he was saying, but you also had to be able to finish his sentence. You know, if you had, like, half right, um, half right, F right, you know, three jet, all go special, and all you get in the headset is half right, I'll go special. You know, now you have to fill in the blanks. You know, you have to send the motion. You have to give the protection. And you have to finish what that play was going to be called because things cut out or you lose uh, some some noise and you can't hear. So, but guys, I've always loved away games because of the energy in that stadium and how it's just your team versus them. You know, it's, it's only your guys in the locker room. Um, and, and I feel like the Steelers really play well in those situations. And, now they don't have the major crowd noise in this instance. So, you know, when I went to Green Bay, I was 10 years older than Gruden. Uh, and I, I looked at him and I said, is that a grad assistant? Because uh, <laughs> he was so young and uh, yeah. and, and Andy Reid was younger than me. And I, I, I was, you know, I was older than all those guys. Man, Tunch, you... Don't show your age. You look good. I never would have guessed. You know? so, but, John, you know, Gruden, too, at the time you were with him in Green Bay, man, he probably looked like he was like 15 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, one, one of the things I used to say every morning uh, in two days, I said, this is the biggest day of my life. And, and Gruden just loved that. And he said <laughs> yeah, he, he, he loved that because Lambert said that. And uh, uh, we, we, you know, we we started saying that, mocking him. That's cool. You know, Groove probably uses that to this day. You know, he loves all those one-liners. Um, so I'm sure, you know, getting his guys fired up, and that that'll be a tough matchup for them this weekend: the Raiders and the Browns. Right. You know, with the Browns coming off a pretty good win and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that finishes out for the Raiders. But uh, I, I, I'm just excited for this this Ravens game. And Steelers, man, because it is. It's it's the game that you're fired up to play even on Tuesday when you're, it's your day off and you're still trying to just watch film the game plan. Uh, so all week you're just excited for this matchup. All right. Uh, so uh, we're, we're out of time, Brucey. Thank you for coming. God bless you, brother. We love you, Brucey. Great stuff, man. And, and tell your parents, nah. tell your parents hi from me. I will, guys. I love you guys. You have a good weekend, and good luck this weekend. All right. Thanks, Thanks, brother. Thanks. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, That was Bruce Gretkowski. Uh, You know, he works for Sirius NFL Radio. The Sirius Uh, XM package you get. Yeah, yeah, and we we get it. (laughs) We get it? Yeah, but you you don't get it. No, I don't get it. But I'll get it. All right, let's take a break. You got it? Yeah. Okay.
Kansas has always been played clean and and uh, and certainly tough and hard hitting and but it's been always very clean football and I think both sides are very proud of that. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Welcome back. That's John Harbaugh talking about the cleanliness of the game. Uh, but it used to be physical and nasty. And it's still physical. Um, not as physical, I don't think. Yeah, not but as physical. But it's like Bruce talked about, you know. Yeah. The guys have a great respect. I I don't think there was a lot more acrimony and a lot more animosity back yeah. around the you know the new millennial the you know from oh yeah. four, four to ten somewhere in there, you know I mean that and maybe what was that what no was maybe it? twelve even even through you know twelve or so probably f- the last four or five years haven't been quite what they were. What was that linebacker who threatened to kill? Heinz oh, Bart Scott. Bart Scott. Yeah, the mad backer. Yeah, the mad backer. Yeah, I mean, when you have people that are on a talk show threatening to kill some a player from another team, as Bart Scott did to Heinz Ward, uh, it does make for a little bit of tension, does it not? So well, you, let, let's go to the linebackers. Uh, Yann, uh, Yannick and Gakwe is uh, pass rusher. Uh, Patrick Queen, he's a rook, and he's playing well. He's leading the he's leading the team in tackles, forty four tackles. L.J. Fort is uh, uh, fit in, uh, and he's a run and chase guy, and he runs uh, th- uh, runs around blocks. Patrick Queen, you're yeah, talking about, yeah, yes. Yeah, but, but, yeah. And L.J. Fort runs around. Oh, L.J. Fort, yeah. yes. Uh, and uh, Matthew Judon, he's a good pass rusher. The thing about L.J. though is he still gets to the guy many yeah. times. Yeah, even when he runs around, I was like going. Yeah, that's you know. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you could take advantage of it, but he's he's not bad. Yeah, and uh, Pernell McPhee's a stud. Yeah, he is. He's big, physical, good bull rush. Uh, moves them. I mean, they they move them around. They do. Yeah. They move all these guys around. Yeah. I mean, Calais Campbell. You see everywhere, everywhere from a nose tackle to a five technique. Right. Right. You know, and what I mean, three technique. Three technique. But I've seen them across the board. But. I've seen them at nose tackle. It's just like, why? You right. Know? But they'll go to three, he'll go to five, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He'll stand up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the uh, DBs, they all have sacks. Uh, Deshaun yeah. Elliott has two sacks. Marcus Peters has a sack. Um, uh, Chuck Clark has a sack and a half. Uh, Marlon Humphreys has two and a half sacks. Right. Anthony Levine has two sacks. Um, and that, 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 signifies that proves that they rush all guys. Well, think about it. I mean, Marlon Humphrey also has four quarterback hits. Right. And Marcus, uh, let's see, Marcus Peters, he's got one. Uh, Jimmy Smith has got I mean, they all of them are coming. Right, At right. some point or other, they're running free. And, and we saw on the film we've been talking about it against Cincinnati when they went wall left and you had uh, Calais Campbell either playing the three or an inside five, five on the – Offensive tackle, and they the wall split. Right. You had a tackle and a tight end pick up Marlon Humphrey. You had the left guard and the center taking the inside guy, and they, you're going to leave Calais Campbell right. untouched. Oh, oh my heavens! Yeah, that to me that's like mind blowing. And Anthony Levine, uh, uh, he's uh, in the box, and he plays Marcus Allen's position. Yes, when in nickel, he plays uh, uh, linebacker. Yes. 
All right, let's go to the phone. CR in Chicago. CR, welcome to the locker room. Good morning. Good morning, you two all folks. You're still out there in Chicago. How's everybody doing this morning? We're doing great, brother. We're doing great. Yeah. How's your your health? Uh, uh, You you doing okay, man? You. Yeah, I'm doing doing okay. I'm I'm doing a I'm doing great. He is doing great. I I, I appreciate that because so many people are calling in and wishing you well, man. That's right. Yeah, and and uh, I I thank you for all. I thank you all the guys that uh, are praying for me. I thank you uh, the well-wishers. I thank you for uh, everyone that sent cards and gifts and letters. Uh, and he, you know, yeah, it, it's uh, very encouraging and very inspiring. Okay, thanks for, for sharing that with us, man. And sorry, inside the locker room, Baker's Dirty Dozen this morning. Shout out to everybody. We've got right now, we've got 57 different people calling in from 24th states in the United, uh, 24 states in the United States, and uh, then we got one calling in from Guam, and we got one calling in from Parts Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> parts Unknown, I like that. Yeah, so uh, give it, I also want to remind everybody about um, about calling in to the show. It's very, very important to download that iHeartRadio on the app, and then download SNR to the next video on that. And then get in the locker room and make sure you make that phone call at 412-919-1316, man. It's, um, it's an exciting program, exciting show. Uh, I'm going to get right into it today because, um, well, I, I, um, uh, I'm going to start off with this here. Because um, I really need you guys' input on this here. I'm looking at uh, four stats that could tell a story about, about this week's game. Now, I'm going to uh, call out the stats and ask you to give a, maybe a sentence or two of what you believe. The first one is the Steelers ranked first in the NFL in sacks per game at 4.3, and the Ravens ranked second at 3.7. What do you think about those two stats and how they play in together? Well, you know, uh, th- th- that's competitive. Uh, it is competitive, and uh, this game will uh, show who is the better sacker uh, and who uh, brings the better pressure, and uh, who brings the better blitzes? Oh, Wolf, you got you got any comments, man? No, I'm. He's he said it all right there. Okay, the second one is the Steelers ranked third in the NFL with a fifty-one point two percent conversion rate on third downs. How do you think that's going to play into the game? Well, I think that's going to be good. But, you know, you can't get uh, behind the eight ball uh, third down and long because oh, – got to uh, win first down. Martin, Wink Martindale uh, brings the blitz. <laughs> Wink Martindale. Yeah. He... What game show is that that he's on? Huh? I don't know. Oh, yeah. oh, I got to find out. Either. Yeah. But, no, seriously, I mean, here's the thing about it. Right now, uh, you, you're rolling along pretty good offensively. There's not a lot you want to change. You're going to have to deal with their blitz, but you got to get wins on first down. If you don't get wins on first down, they are directly related to problematic third down conversions. You don't want to be in the jackpot, as we used to think was a bad thing, although Ron Blackledge, who, by the way, Chaluch, he's going to call next week because yeah. I talked to him, Blackledge, offensive line coach. He used to say, you know, uh, you don't want to be in the jackpot, which in his terms was bad. But in the jackpot, I always thought it was a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, regardless, the point is you don't want to be in the Blackledge idea or version of the jackpot uh, if you are poor on first and second down. Hey, the third stat is uh, five Steelers have 185 or more receiving yards, and the Ravens only have two 
uh, above that mark? How do you think our spread out offense is going to play against the uh, Ravens defense? I think you know the you know when we watch uh, the uh, Ravens secondary, they, they there's a, a lot of communication, lack of communication, there's issues and a there. lot of busts. Yes. Uh, so uh, uh, you know they they uh, uh, you know uh, I think they Philly, can be beaten Philly, deep. Philly went downtown, right. but they didn't drop they dropped balls. <laughs> Yeah, they drop some. It doesn't help if you're open yeah. and the quarterback puts the ball right in your hands and then you drop it 40 yards down the field. I mean, that's it's a shame. But I think these guys have trouble down the field and I think going into a stadium where, where normally you, you can't hear yourself think, yeah. you got the ability to hard count these guys, you got the ability to change plays, audible, everything like that. Uh, you got the ability to make them show their hand prior to the snap, there's a lot of good things that can happen this year because of the fact you don't have a house full of people screaming. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fourth and final is uh, the Steelers hold a 25-23 all-time average uh, advantage over the Ravens, but seven of the last past ten Ravens Steelers games have been decided by seven points or fewer. How do you think that's going to play into uh, the two defenses and the way the offenses are playing? I don't think it makes any difference. Yeah, you go and slug it out, man. Yeah. That's the way it is. That it all that is is indicative of how hard fought and evenly matched these two teams are. It's going to be a slugfest. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be the, 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 the this this game is going to decide exactly what, where the Steelers are coming from this year based on all the ad- adversity we've had to come through. So uh, I'm not going to uh, put a whole lot of time in there because last time I got I got um, I got admonished and said that uh, I had to jump off because he was just going to go on and on and on. I love the fact that you were admonished. I love you use the term admonished. If Hoopy's listening right now, my mom, right, my mom would say, "Cr, I love those words. It sounds like you're really intelligent." (laughs) She says that to me. You know, honey, I love when you talk with those words because it sounds like you're really intelligent. All right, guys. Hey, I appreciate you. And as I always say, in the meantime, and in between COVID-19 time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All right. Uh, All right, CR. Thanks for calling in, brother. Thanks, buddy. Uh, 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 Jake, do we have time for one more call? Yeah. Uh, let's go to Dano in Florida. Dano, welcome to the locker room. Gentlemen, how are you today? Good. Doing great, Dano. Good, buddy. Good. Uh, journalistic integrity moment. Uh, Wolf, uh, Wink Martindale did tic-tac-toe. Oh, really? Oh. All right. You know, Dano, I love that. The fact is you come across strong with some research. All right? Well, research was never my my big thing when I was in college, nor now. <laughs> right. Well, every once in a while I come up with some good ones. I like it. Um, also, uh, mission accomplished, Wolf. Uh, the spicy ghost pepper donut was exquisite. No kidding. No yeah. kidding. What did it taste In like? Fact, it, it Actually, it was sweet, and then after I was done with, well, after I inhaled it, mm-hmm. um, it was it was a little hot afterwards. Really? Yeah. Wow. But, Interesting. And, and with that, I want to give a shout-out to David and Xavier at the local Dunkin' Donuts where I live that uh, were able to save me one so that I could complete my report. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. And, and awesome. And also, they came out with a maple 
bacon donut. Oh, oh maple bacon. Get oh, out of town. Man. Yes, the meat donut. <laughs> yeah, I, I want a, I want a bacon. Uh, I like that. I, I want a bacon uh, maple donut. And as donut. you say, Wolf, the language of love. Yes, you got it, brother. <laughs> so, um, anyway, great interviews. I love listening to uh, Mr. Hodge. Um, you guys have uh, redeemed yourself. <laughs> oh, you're a fan of some of the same shows we watch. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, and also I want to give out a belated birthday to your buddy James. I know it's a day late, but I hope he yes. woke up with a full belly and a uh, year full of blessings to him. You know, his 13th birthday was big. That would be young James DeSantis because he, I got a picture texted last night. He was crushing the birthday cake. Right. Well played, awesome. James. boy. Man after our own horse. Anyway. That's right. That's for sure. Okay. Um, just wanted to get to, the, uh, to my key points for this weekend's game, if you don't mind. I um, want to reiterate what uh, you guys said last week about the Titans game. Time of possession in this game is going to be critical and yes. key for us. Yeah, no doubt. And also, uh, I think that with all these different formations that the Ravens defense is going to be showing us and everything, I think that if we smack them in the mush, yep. I think that we'll be able to uh, – get it taken care of. I see you're a man so, of excellent terminology when you smack him in the mush. Very good. That's right. <laughs> Being a fight fan, I always remember people telling me that everybody comes up with a game plan until they get smacked in the mush. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's got a plan until you get hit with the right hand. George Foreman. Thank you, Dano. We got to go to break, that, brother. That was Myron. Yes, Myron. You guys have a great weekend. Myron always said smack him in the mush. There you go. Yeah. All right. right. We're going to uh, take a break. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tutch. You're in a locker room, and we'll be back after this. always been part of their offense to, to get the ball out fast and you know he's been great at it so he just got a he's, you know this offense is built really well by coach Feetner, coach tomlin and their offensive coaches i think they they do a great job of, uh, of organizing the offense around the players they have around the quarterback obviously who's who is a great player and then around the uh, around the pieces they have a lot of playmakers so i think they do a good job of that and that's uh, that's part of it this year and it's been really successful for them you're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. And John Harbaugh was talking about the offense uh, as uh, Ben uh, was, uh, he, he is the quarterback and he is the captain and he is 
the drive behind the engine. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, he's got to walk like a man. Have you ever noticed Frankie Valley says he's got to walk like a man, got to talk like a man, but he sings as high as a girl? Right. <laughs> I mean, do you find it a little funny? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. A little odd, maybe? Yeah. You know, I saw, uh, I saw Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons at the Chautauqua uh, uh-huh. years ago. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't know yeah, that. yeah. Lake and Chautauqua? Lake Chautauqua. At no the, kidding. At the Chautauqua Institute. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Nice place. Yeah, uh, Sharon and I and uh, uh, Tanner were there. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you had you had the nerve to hit me about, uh, oh, uh, what's the Neil Diamond. Yeah, but. but and, the, and the heart lights. Uh, uh, now, come on. Yeah, but. Uh, I didn't uh, have the heart lights. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have them. Yeah. But you know, uh, uh, you know, the four seasons are great. Oh, you know what? You, you do enjoy their music, but it's just find it. I found it very funny listening to Frankie Valley singing that way, and then talking about walk like a man and, and talk like a man, and then he's got this high voice like a girl. Did Did you see the Jersey Boys? No, I didn't see. Oh, the Jersey that was Boys. great. Was it good? Yeah, it was a great. All movie. right, all right. We got to flip the script here, moving to off, to the offense real quick. Because we are in the bell lap here, my friend. All right. Uh, Ronnie Stanley's their best offensive lineman. He's got good hands, good feet, uh, good technique. And an uh, odd stance. A, uh, he's a pro bowler, and he's got uh, an odd stance. No uh, doubt about it. Uh, Bradley Bozeman, soft, clumsy, not athletic, not great balance. <laughs> okay, move on to Matt Skura. Metzger, a good position, good athlete. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. And Tyree Phillips, rookie, raw. He plays ta- he was a tackle, uh, but plays guard now. Yeah. He plays guard like a tackle. Yeah. Uh and Orlando Brown gets after it, not consistent. You know, His feet aren't great. Yeah, but yeah. he's a big man. Right, 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 right. He, what is he like? Six eight, three fifty yeah. or something? Yeah, he's six eight, three fifty five. Oh, oh, let's not forget the extra five. Right, 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 right. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Lewis in California. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? You're right, great. Good, Lewis. How you doing? I'm good. I don't think I've talked to you since the, the actual season kicked off, but uh, excited about where we are. The main reason I called today is, is to protect Wolf's journalistic integrity. <laughs> so I was listening to a rerun on SNR of uh, The Point After. You guys do that show right. with Missy and, and Bill. Yeah. Uh, Wolf, Wolf, you were dead on, my friend. Last year, our punt returner, Mr. Johnson, was not a pro board, but he was an all-pro. Yes, I found that out. Thank you for clarifying that. He was a second-team yeah, All-Pro. Yes, yes, yes. But he had, I think, 12, 12.1, something in there was his average. This, this uh, uh, Ray Ray is 18, 18 yeah. yards uh, a punt return. So what an exciting element to add to this, uh, this team. Now, I'm just going to give you guys my – but first my, of all, let me thank you, guy. because when anybody so, comes in for journalistic integrity and then comes after me, I figure, oh, I screwed something up. But thank you. At least one time, and it worked out right. Uh, I, I heard it. I wanted to. I listened to the rest of the show, and I thought, they, they got to correct this. They got to let Wolf know, let him off the hook here. But, uh, <laughs> well, so, they didn't. They they ground me down to the pulp.
hope. Right. <laughs> because so thank he, you, because my friend. I'm excited about Because he said he went to the Pro Bowl. Well, no, yeah, but hey, second team all pro. We'll give we'll give him we'll give him right and wrong, right? There you go. Uh he was on the right path for sure. <laughs> but uh, listen about this about the game this week, I, I feel like we match up really, really well with the Ravens right, right. now. What they what they do plays right into the strength of our of our teeth, if you will. Uh, what a great what a great team Kevin Colbert has built. Mm-hmm. This team is loaded. So uh, just I couldn't be couldn't be more excited about the way that uh, the way it's looking. We jumped on Cleveland, obviously a, a pretty good ball team. We jumped on Tennessee, let them off the hook. But I, I listened to Deontay Johnson's interview yesterday. It sounds like they're being ground into them about a complete game, and these guys are excited to go out there and give us one. So I'm I'm really looking forward to the game this weekend. Absolutely excellent way to come in, brother. Nice job. Nice job, Lewis. All right, gentlemen. All right. Appreciate All you, right, man. Let's go. Lewis, where right. do you live in California? I'm in Orange County. Actually, I live in the Harbor Heights, a beautiful, beautiful area. Ooh, sounds but, nice. Uh, yeah, with the fires. Yeah, well, it wasn't last week. You had the ashes blowing all over the place. Oh, dear. We had the 70-mile-an-hour winds and a couple fires. So, Oh, my heavens. Beautiful day today, though. You okay, yeah. though? All, all okay? Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. good. Good. I'm not complaining, my friend. All right, Lewis. Thank all you right, for checking day, in, brother. Gentlemen. Hey, right. I love you, buddy. We're, I'm praying for you, by the way. Oh, thank you. Excellent. I love you too, buddy. Uh, thank you for your prayers. God bless you. All right, uh, let's go to Wandering Man in Baltimore. Wandering Man in Baltimore. Hey, Tunch Wolf. How you doing, brother? Wandering yeah, Man. It, yeah, you had a thing called Walk. Like a man, talk like a man. Now you got the wandering man. <laughs> I, I that's, that's an old nickname. I got. I used to follow the dead around a lot, so and I travel quite a bit, so that name kind of stuck with me. But Steeler fan through and through. All right. I go to uh, when I'm in different cities. I try to listen to the uh, opposition sports radio, and I was listening. I'm outside Baltimore now. I was listening to the Baltimore, and they're nervous. They really, they really are. They are. They seem to be real nervous. They've been asking some of the old uh, Ravens what they think, and they all said, like you guys, it's changed. And uh, yeah. the intensity is there, but, uh, you know, the, the the hits and the rules have kind of changed things, and that's, you know, changing with the times. The question I have for you, I won't take up a lot of your time. I know you guys uh, don't have a time limit, and I think some of your callers know that. I've been trying to get on you for three days, but – you know, that's, Thanks that's for hanging in there, Wandering Man. Thanks for hanging yeah, in there. Yeah, it's all good. You know, wandering around. Hey, um, have you guys ever been part of an undefeated uh, streak, you know, in at any level? No. You guys no. Were, you know. no. Yeah, um, and uh, I was thinking about that. I heard an interview with Ike Taylor on the Baltimore radio. And, of course, you know, the last question they asked him is, you know, who's going to win the game? You know, it's all a setup that they try to get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Ike said, I'm going to tell you like it is. He says uh, – I don't expect this team to go undefeated. He says, but if you're going to get an L, and that's what he called it, he said, he said, I'd want to see the youngins, the new guys, learn how to practice the week after an L. He said, whole different animal. Yep. He said, get, get that out of the way. Feel what coaches practices off after an L. Get on that. And it saves you from being 
lackadaisical was the word he used. All right. But Wandering that, man, I, I'm I sorry. We're down to like 20 seconds, brother. All so, right. Hey, like, listen, keep up the good work. I've been listening many, many years. Even cheered for Ouija Thompson when I'm in Florida. All oh, right. Oh, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Love you. Take care, man. We're out of here. Tell Ouija's we said hello. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. Hey, for Dungeon Wolf, that's uh, all we got this week. We'll see you on Monday. But here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Sunday.